You're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it's Friday, and it is Unique Leaders Live. And I am so pleased to have you meet my special guest today, uh, Pastor Charles Smith. Charles has an amazing story that he will share with you uh, soon. But before we go to uh, Mr. Smith, I'd like you to share this out with your friends, your family, your colleagues, because it will really assist people in any and all phases of your life. Charles has a rich story of his life. He is a youth pastor. He is working with children uh, uh, and recently wrote a a best-selling book. And so he will share all of that in Unique Leaders Live. Unique Leaders Live is about my guest. It's about them because they say that success leaves clues, but I don't like clues. I want the whole enchilada. I want you to hear that story from my special guest because you will see yourself in this story. You'll see yourself of different pivot points and different times in your life that you say, my goodness, Charles went through this. I'm right there right now. And so it's an opportunity for you to uh, just you know, grow and learn through my guests and their stories. And that is really what Unique Leaders Live is about. It is about to hopefully help you find your purpose and passion, talents, and go from there and and regardless of what stage and place your life is. So without further ado, I cannot wait for you to meet my very special guest, Charles Smith. Hello, Charles. Hello. How are you doing, Meg? I'm well. Thank you so much for joining me today so on Unique to Leaders. Thank you so, so much. So we met through uh, some colleagues, uh, Shay Brown and Kern Sherry, and some yeah. folks that uh, you're associated with in the Atlanta area, correct? Is that where you live currently? Uh, actually, we're in Mississippi. You're in Mississippi. I mean, so not too far. Yeah, no, not too far at all. No. And so um, they are just amazing folks and just doing some wonderful work. Uh, And I have got I'm so blessed to have gotten involved with several of their projects of late. Uh, Kern Sherry has done an anthology and um, I've shared one of a a story in it. Um, So, yeah, it's very exciting. And they just did um, a summit this weekend. And so it's um, just I, as I said, I'm very blessed how God works and the network that he creates right. and connecting people together. So, Charles, as I shared in my intro, Unique Leaders is about you. It's about your story. People, um, uh, you know, they say that the, it is in the storytelling. But well, I, f- I feel that it's um, a resonation for people to hear people's story of their journey. It's mm-hmm. not just one little nugget of a story right? where so many storytellers do. They tell a story, but it is about your journey. It's not just, you know, writing your book or, or what you're currently doing and the backstory of it. It's your journey. Right. So uh, why don't we take our guests on a journey of Charles Smith? And so let's go back to young Charles. And uh-huh. where did you grow up? And uh, just tell us a little bit about your family and your own journey. Okay, awesome. Well, I grew up in a little town called uh, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, capital of the state of Mississippi, uh, and grew up in the country area. Mm-hmm. Where as little boys uh, and girls, we just played in the streets and, you know, did what uh, small children do. Exactly. And we didn't have a whole lot. And that may be saying a lot because we didn't have hardly anything at the time. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know it. And mom just made things work. And that was so 
I, I think that was kind of shaping us, and we did, we learned great work habits mm -hmm. uh, as a child mm -hmm. because we had to we had chores and different things like that. But and then when we got old enough, we had jobs mm -hmm. uh, that we had to uh, do for the neighbors and cutting grass, different things like that. Just mm -hmm. learn responsibility. So as you help me to reflect, it's just so funny that. Uh, it's almost like mom had a plan, but I'm sure she didn't. She was just, but it worked out that as I look at my siblings, we all have great work at this, Maggie. We, 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 you know, they may mess the money up, may do things with it, but we, we're going to work. And I hadn't known it, either of my siblings. And I grew up with, uh, three brothers and three sisters. Okay. Uh, had four brothers. One got one. One was drowned early in life. You know, as we were playing in the streets and you know going across the street in the pool, mm -hmm. uh, not pool, but at that time it was a pond, mm -hmm. and he actually got drowned there. But mm -hmm. so growing up with three brothers and three sisters, and looking at them now, we all develop really good work ethics. And you know what? We respected each other, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and we, we, we treasured what we received during holidays mm -hmm. rather than, cause we didn't get what we wanted, but we treasured what it was that we, we received. And so. Let me just stop here for a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, as you, you said, reflecting, and yeah. um, I'm thinking, you know, about my own childhood and so many similar memories. But I just want to plant a seed to where you're going to go because um, you shared about, you know, having fun and playing and just being imaginative. Yes. You know, just using our imagination mm -hmm. and and then, of course, building a work ethic. And I, I, I was brought up the same way. And I was with a young lady who just turned 12 yesterday and we were talking, uh, Charles, about uh, she was with me all Friday. And we were uh, I was asking her about uh, just creativity and, you know, imagination. And yeah. what I, it's very clear to me that and she's the first person that of that age that I've been with for a very long time. Uh -huh. And uh, it's very clear to me that that is a challenge, that kids don't stay in that realm of imagination. Yes. They have so many, not only things, but that yeah. that tablet there, right. is that immediate gratification. Right. Right. Yeah. So go on from there. I just yeah, that's, a, out. that's a really good point because we may do with what we had and we used it to be very creative mm -hmm. and we enjoyed it. And it was like the best time ever, you know? And when we had a chance and, and I can remember, uh, and I hope you know you're taking me on a journey, but I can remember we used to walk it's a little town called Pocahontas. It's just to share a little bit more about my work ethic. We used to walk three and a half miles to pick pecans for Mr. Paul. And then we would walk back. So that was a total of seven miles. So how do I know it was three and a half miles? Because when I got grown, I measured it. I got in my car and I went there and I did it. I have a picture of that i keep it on my refrigerator uh for, for 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 a long time and it's a picture that i took with my siblings we were on a break as we were walking picking pecans so that and i hadn't thought about that in a long time but that was mm -hmm. that was really allowing us to develop what we would need in order to achieve some of the things that was necessary in life, not just for ourselves, but for our own children there. And so went from picking pecans to cutting grass. And you know something else that it did, Megan, now that you Let's have me on this journey? <laughs> it, want, it, it taught me entrepreneurship. 
because I always wanted to be uh, my own boss. And that's how I ended up going in the insurance business in 1979. I hadn't given it a whole lot of thought, but back then we worked for others and I saw an opportunity to develop these work ethics. And then I wanted to always be better and do more. Mm-hmm. And we could say that just happened, but now that I look back on it, it mm-hmm. was strategic and it's mm-hmm. what is missing a lot of times perhaps yeah. today yeah. with that discipline and that work ethic that we yeah, have. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what did your mom do, Charles? She was, uh, and I grew up in a single parent home. Mm-hmm as far as I can remember. And my mom was a cook at a school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember, I remember her with the white uniform mm-hmm. and, the, and the, and the shoes, you know, they had to have special shoes because they would be standing on concrete floor, you know, most of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, that's how she provided for us. Mm-hmm. But she was a hard, but she was a hard worker, and like you said earlier, she conveyed not only her own work ethic, but expecting you guys to not only toe the line, but to be involved in the community uh, as a you know, like you said, mowing lawns and Mr. Paul's pecan orchard and things yeah. of that nature. So yeah, so she had that. Um, expectation and you knew to do that too it wasn't like oh mom you know exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and interestingly enough do you, you my children picked up the same type of habits interestingly enough so what we do in the beginning seemed like it's a pattern that we're set in mm-hmm. and um, well, I, and I really appreciate this journey here because I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought, but it's, it was it was preparing not just myself, but my siblings as well, sure. because my I went in the insurance business later in 79. My sister opened a couple of daycares later when, you know, when we adulthood mm-hmm. my one of my brothers he actually became a carpenter subcontract so you know we all kind of mm-hmm. had an entrepreneur mindset mm-hmm. that I can see now it started way back when we developed such great work ethics absolutely you know just and you also saw I'm sure on some level um that that cause and effect, meaning that you walked seven miles a day, but, and it's a but, that was the vehicle, so to speak, to get you there, but you got a paycheck or you got some money. And so it was that cause and effect of doing that work, walking and doing the work, but uh, raising that capital, so to speak, and um, fulfilling that transaction of what you did. Nothing better. It's not a better feeling. Mm-hmm. to work all week, be paid, and then be able to do things or purchase things that you want, that you wanted to, mm-hmm. without having to uh, ask anybody for right. it. Yeah, that you're, you're 100% right. That was so important. That was motivation. It was. It was. My first job was in a, uh, uh, and I was 14, um, and so my mother had to drive me to the job because it was not close. I mean, I guess I w- I was probably seven miles or might have been further. But regardless, she drove me there. But uh-huh. I'll never forget Charles sitting in the, her car. And I, I, I didn't say what I was doing. It was a grocery store. So I was the checkout girl. Uh-huh. And, and uh, she asked me if I knew how to make change. <laughs> she asked me, like, <laughs> I don't think so. And now today, that's a skill they don't even kids don't even need to learn because the uh, it just is digital and it shows what the change back to them is, you know. Right. So, uh, but we sat there in her car and she was having me make change back, you know, from a transaction. So it's all of those steps that we're so blessed to have yes. had. Yes. But the yes. Re- one of the reasons, like you, um, is that my parents 
didn't just buy and do. And so I was, uh, I went to a girls Catholic high school. Okay. So I wore a uniform, so I didn't have a lot of clothing. So as I was getting older, I uh, was hanging out with kids from the town, not just this school that was regional. And so I needed to raise money for myself to buy clothes. So that's what I did. Like you said, I went and uh, uh, made my money and went. Right. Yeah. Right. It's great motivation. And we I left, you know, from the pecan to cutting grass to becoming a janitor to. Well, no, let me stop throwing paper, cutting grass, having a paper route. Yeah. Then becoming a janitor, you know, all of this as I was in school, that mm-hmm. was some great work ethic now that I go back and look at this, right? I was yeah. developing, uh, I was being developed and didn't really understand. And if any of these steps <laughs> had been missed, who mm-hmm. knows where I I, I, I would have been, That's you right. know? That's but right. just realizing that you know, what mom taught us, we got to, we got to work. We, you know, we got to have a job. And, and those who believe that they're going to have a job, they will have a job, you know, and we just always believe. And mm-hmm. all of us now, we have jobs. And, exactly. and, you know, if we're not working for ourselves, we're going to work for somebody, but we are going to work. That was the, that was the foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it's so when, so you went to um, high school there in Jackson, right? Yeah, and right. did you go to college or did you just go on from there to your uh, next step? I went to uh, went to high school, graduated there, played ball there, went mm-hmm. to college, and at Jackson State University, played. Uh, I didn't play sports there because uh, I had a scholarship to go elsewhere, but. I was what you call, what you would call a mama's boy, and I wanted to kind of be close to home. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up taking a job as a janitor. And I was also a, I worked at a restaurant. I was, I was a cook. I, you know, mom did an awesome job as we reflect, Megan, and nobody yeah. had me to reflect back on this. But that was pretty pretty amazing if you compare not me but what we had to go through and and, in the steps that we had to take you would think well that child is going to have some success because and i think that's what that was mom's idea that you know back they always wanted you to be better than they were to have more to do be- to do better. Mm-hmm. And just to reflect on that that journey up until now, it's, it was amazing. And I let me just say she's in heaven now, but thank you, Mom. I really appreciate that. It's, it's so true. I mean, it's so true, Charles, that I so appreciate not being handed everything. And having that mindset of, well, I'll, I'll, I will do it. And right. I can see that she, I'm sure like your mom was very, um, and my father too, was, were very proud or please proud. I don't know what the word would be, but that some of their, that mindset was working. Like you said about yeah. mom, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is so incredible to, to reflect back on, you know, how you arrived to where you are now. That's and, it, kiddo. You know, that's when, that's yeah. the MOOC leaders. How did you arrive to where you are right now? Yes. Yes. And so did you graduate from the, the Jackson, Jackson State? State. Mm-hmm. Graduated from Jackson State. But, you know, and I went, uh, we had a speaker to come to talk to us mm-hmm. four years at Jackson State. And he was... He was dressed really nice. He was an entrepreneur. He had um, uh, a florist shop, and he was in the insurance business, and he spoke, okay? And this was like in 1877, 78, and I thought, I, I like him. 
And I ended up visiting his floors, keeping up with him. And I ended up going into the insurance business in 1979. Spent 42 years there and learned so much. But it's just that I hadn't reflected on it, how I got to the insurance business. And the reason that I had the success and the stickability and using the creativity to last for 42 years in the business is because uh, where I started from. Exactly. I mean, the, the, because now if you get into, if you go into sales, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you better have some work ethics. I mean, you, <laughs> yes, sir. You better have some work ethics because, and you better be able to be creative because there'll be ups and there'll be downs, and you got to figure things out. Uh, and I just think, again, I was being prepared for such a time as this, right? Amen. And that is so amazing. So thank you for taking me back down this road. As I shared in my intro, Charles, and just as we spoke before we, uh, you know, started recording, um, going live, is that when I started Unique Leaders last year during the lockdown, I um, started with interviewing my staff. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because that, I mean, I had been doing lives. I mean, you know, Facebook lives and right. Megan's Motivation Monday and all those types of things. But I uh, wanted to keep everyone intact because it was the unknown. Right. And so I said, let's do, you know, a live. And so it was called the pop up shop. And so they were in all their own homes. Okay. And this one putting eyelashes on in her bathroom and the other one doing peels in her kitchen and on and on. Yes. But I could see people resonating. Well, everyone was home, yeah. but people enjoyed watching. Well, then I read uh, on Facebook, a friend of mine was starting this alternative medical practitioner directory. Mm -hmm. And that came out of a, a horrible accident that her son had had. Long story short, but I asked her because we were playing around with StreamYard. Okay. And I, and I asked her, would she like to come on and me interview her? And so that's how Unique Leaders actually started. And so I interviewed her, but I, but it wasn't me. It was her story. Right. And right. it was really interesting how people resonated with that because like you just shared, it's not about that little piece. It's about going back and seeing that journey of Charles Smith. Right. You see? right. I didn't just ask her about um, her directory. I asked her about her because, first of all, I know her. She's a uh -huh. videographer. So, but I didn't even go there. I went back yeah. to young Estefania, you know, mm -hmm. and the journey. So it, it really, that is how it started. And it really has resonated with people because people see themselves right. in these stories. And yeah. regardless of the story, there's something about, as I say in that intro, there's this, there is something, there's a little nugget, there's a secret in your story. There, there just always is. Yes. That, uh, one gal that I'll just show this, that she was, uh, and I know this person, and she shared something about her uh, herself and uh, which I didn't even know. And then I asked some other gals, did you know that so-and-so did that? No. <laughs> so meaning this brings right. out, like you said, those nuggets. Right. Those nuggets. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, anybody that's listening to this will not know that I picked pecan, will not know that I had, but you know, all these things. Yes. But yes. I am but. so proud that we are talking about it because the work ethic was is so obvious yes you know yes. to help me to where i am now then just start just like you so eloquently said you know you don't you don't just start but along the way there are some things that are happening mm -hmm. developing you mm -hmm. and you need to know those things because wherever you are you know, you can change direction and start doing some things. So I really like the idea of the unique leaders for that. Yes. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. But now let's go back to uh, when you graduated and you um, 
were in the company of that entrepreneur, that speaker, as you said, mm-hmm. he was dressed mm-hmm. well, he presented himself professionally, You re- it, he resonated with you. And I'm yes. sure on some level, you were ready to uh, connect with him and glean from his information. And look what you did. You then went from, you know, graduating, and then you went into the insurance business, yes. you know? Yes. And uh, so that, that really brings in the power of association and that mentor and those coaches, because that's so pivotal and so important in people's lives. Oh, my goodness. Just to be able to see or hear, you know, something mm-hmm. that you aspire to become or see something that you want in life, we really, really need that. And not only was he in the insurance business, but he had a florist business. It was like just something that resonated with me. Yeah. Uh, You know, one thing I had was work ethic. And And I was going things out. About the... um... I'm sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. uh, but the, I'm thinking now because my mind is going off into the diversification. Here he has an insurance business and he has that creative floral right. business, you know? Right. And, and but it's also a diversification. Um, I don't know the man, you know, but right. one of the point is, I guess, that we all have those multifacets to ourselves. Right. You know? And uh, that's such an interesting True. thing as well. Well, and you know, um, me being in the insurance business, and then, like I said, over 40, over 40 years in the insurance business, and then over 30 years, my wife and I pastor the children's and rights. That's that diversification there. Yeah. And trying to make a difference in people's lives, trying to yeah. give back because something was given to me. So you're right. It just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to give back because so much was given to me. Mm-hmm. And I saw uh, me being able to, because I didn't grow up just thinking, I want to work with children. I want to, I want mm-hmm. to pass the children. I want to lead children. There was something burning inside of me. Mm-hmm. Wanted to help children, and uh, then then I met the the pastor who is now bishop, uh, who believed and saw the gift, the creativity in working with children, and I, we were able to take a ministry and just blossom and make a difference in children's lives for the rest of their lives. So awesome. Yeah, and that is, it's it's really a beautiful little journey. And I tell people all the time, I was so blessed to be able to do things that I enjoy. I, you know, because in the insurance business, it's about building relationships. And I love building relationships. And when you're in sales, period, it's about relationships. Amen. And then Thanks. when I'm with the children's ministry, it's about, building relationship and helping them to go to that next level. Just like somebody helped me to mm-hmm. go to another level. Mm-hmm. It is so 24 seven. I have it good. I enjoy what I'm doing, That's which wonderful. is pretty rare in a lot of cases. Okay. But again, it all started with having, you know, uh, some work ethics and some belief that, you know, that I'm, I'm supposed to be giving back. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my mom, oh my goodness, my mom was a giver. I saw her uh, give away, and, and the lady's name, her, her next door was Miss Sarah. Miss Sarah refrigerator went out. Mom had bought them back then, and we had ice box. We had, mm-hmm. And so and, and the lady's food was about to ruin. And mom said, Well, Miss Sarah, you can. I just bought another icebox. You can hail mine. And she said, well, how much would you you charge me? No, I have. I don't need to. You can. Have. Do you realize what that did with me? I still remember that story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that spirit of gratitude. I mean, it, without gratitude, it's a hollow, empty life. Oh, my goodness. And that is one of the major propellers of life is that uh, that gratitude, being right. grateful for, like you've said throughout this, um, meaning great, grateful for your mom's 
um, guidance and motivation. Your mom's, you know, you even mentioned Christmas, you know, and the family love and and that uh, unity and right. creativity. I'm sure right. major right. creativity. Oh and, yeah. Yes. And so all of those uh, dynamics of your life have created Charles Smith today. Yes. It is truly that journey. You are so right. And that gratitude. So let's, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, when you were talking about your uh, young years when you were working and your own kids have a work ethic. So you do have children. Yes. Have four daughters. Seven grandchildren now. Oh my! Okay, so you are surrounded by children. So I you, the, yes. the Smith family is rich in children. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so wonderful. And I, I thought I wouldn't have any sons. I had, I had my four daughters, but the next five grandchildren were all boys. Oh wow! So That's I just so recently, less than two years ago have the two granddaughters, so seven total, but yes. Oh, wonderful. Wow, that's so fun, though. That is great. And they're all in that general area, Charles? They are all in Texas, actually, up in McKinney, Texas. And we were there celebrating, my wife and I, we were celebrating our 19th anniversary, not 19th, on the 19th. So just, we were celebrating our 41st anniversary, and they just threw us a big party. So your whole family, all those kids, and their your grandchildren live in Texas. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay. We're not too far away. About six hours or no, so. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's so interesting is that they're all there. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You need to come to Texas. I know. Right. <laughs> that's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so, um, so you have been in this one church for many years. Is that? Uh, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, since. The inception of it, I I started, we started this children's ministry Mm -hmm. and just kind of developed it. And now the the children that have come through the ministry, Megan, Uh uh are sending their children through. That is, that is that, so that not only about, longevity, but you see the fruits of your labor, so to speak, yes, right? Yes, and we they're all them. over the world. We hear from them often, right. you know, and they talk about some of the things that they learned during those times. And that's what we, that's really, that's really what it's about, uh, mm-hmm. being a servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I didn't, and until you took me down this journey, I hadn't thought about it much, but just to watch my mom, mm-hmm. wow, what a mm-hmm. servant she was. And, and just, you can't, you can't come from that atmosphere and not be some similar no, there, there's it's impo- it's, as I call it, it's your the marinade, you know, how you marinate a piece of meat. You're right. in that and you're marinating you're that. that. And, you know, there and it's life is about how you and you hear this all the time, but it's what you do with it. How do you deal with circumstances and how your perception of things, how you look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are choices that one can make and do do make. But it, that marinade, it gets into your DNA. And that part is pretty difficult to eradicate because deep oh, in the yeah. heart of Texas, Long Island, New Jersey, Mississippi, I don't care. It is part of you, you know, how that has um been marinating into your DNA. So so let me ask you about your book, which now did you write this with your wife or was this written solely by you? Solely by me. Solely by you. Mm -hmm. And what, uh, so the title of the book is seven steps in, um, is it building or creating or um, seven steps to raise and raising children. Yes. Raising Mm -hmm. amazing children. So, it's so a couple questions about it. So here you've been with this ministry with your wife for many, many years and your own children and bringing them up and, and your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so with the um, ministry itself, when and why did you decide uh, to write this book? Oh, that's a great question. Well, first of all, uh, I've had a great journey in the insurance business mm-hmm. and I went through a book writing class to write a book about 
the insurance, how to survive, how to succeed. And I had these ideas when someone read this book, they, they was going to want to make a movie out of the book and all that. Okay, that was my plan for having the class. About halfway through the class, and I'm a believer, God was speaking to me <laughs> about I'm writing on the wrong thing. Well, it's, he had been speaking, but I wasn't listening. So about the middle of the class and he, uh, through, the, through, through the class, he spoke to me and said, you're writing on the wrong thing. You shouldn't be writing on the wrong thing. Well, I didn't see myself writing a book about parenting because I work with children. That was my thinking. So I'm thinking I want to do this book about the insurance. So about the middle of the class, I go up to the, and we had been in this class now for about four weeks. And I go up to her and I tell her, I said, you know, Pastor Tanya, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to start over. She said, well, why? I said, well, the Lord is telling me I'm writing about the wrong thing and I should be writing a book about parenting. And she was so happy. I was so so confused, right? Yes. But let me just say this. Uh, and I remember saying that parents are not going to listen to me, to God. And he said, they won't, they won't be listening to you. And when I say I started writing, it was like you having me reflect back on my childhood. Mm -hmm. I started reflecting on what I did as a parent mm -hmm. and in the children's ministry and in the insurance business as a leader. Because we have to be leaders at home because, as you know, leadership is about influence mm -hmm. and we have to be influencing the children's at home. And so the first step in the book is all about who's influencing you because you're going to have to be influencing your children's, right? And, and Megan, if, just like the story I just shared about how you took me to talk about the little Charles, that was my mama influencing me. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. That hadn't changed. We have to be more intentional today because there's a lot of distraction. Yes. But we need to know who's influencing us because we're going to be influencing our children. And if we don't know who's influencing us, whoever is influencing us, they are also influencing our children. That's right. So therefore, we have to be intentional about who are we following? Who are we listening to? And the idea of not having... God in our life and trying to raise children to me is like the blind leading the blind. We got to off the Titanic, hoping there's water. Uh, the Titanic was sinking, but hoping there was even water in the the ocean there. I mean, it's right. crazy. And, mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up writing the book, and it was just sharing share, share my stories. Wow. And I used to. Be driving my daughters to school because I believe in spending time with my children. My mom used to always say, you don't get to know anybody unless you spend time with them. And my mom, she taught me, she got to know us individually because out of the seven children, we were all different. But she, she disciplined us based on what she knew about us. And mm -hmm. she didn't discipline us the same way. Uh -huh. So my point is, Yes. When I started writing the book, all of that stuff started coming out. And then I remember taking my daughters to school. They could have called the bus, but I wanted to spend that time with them. And we would be talking. And I always had my tape player of Dr. Charles Stanley, Dr. Tony Evans, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins. They would be listening. And I didn't realize it until one morning, and my one of my daughters said, I have twins, by the way. Oh, wow. And one of my twins said, Hey, and they were in, I think they were in high school at the time. They said, Dad, could, could can you put that man on again? Because we have a test today and I want to be motivated. Yeah, that's great. I wasn't trying, I wasn't. It was, I was just being who I am, like my mom was being who she was, right? Yes. But we are influencing them, like you said, marinating a piece of meat. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. That's pretty incredible. And so getting to know our children and making sure that we know who's influencing us because mm -hmm. we are the leaders. I mean, you, if you think you could just go to the job and lead, lead there, right? And don't become that leader at home. Somebody else will be taking your role. Therefore, preach it, preach it. So therefore, we come up with uh, seven steps to raising amazing children. But the number one step is you got to know who's the big influence in your life. Uh, you just have to know because mm -hmm. they're looking to you. You got to be at least in the right car, going the right direction. Right. You can you can you can you can handle the hurdles and different things like that. But like. Just like, and here's how incredible it is, Megan. Just like I was listening to Zig Zig because he, he was my all-time favorite back then. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> and so as I was listening to him, he was influencing me. He was also influencing folks in the backseat of my car. <laughs> I had no idea. Mm -hmm. That's pretty incredible Very. when we think about it. Mm -hmm. And as you took me down that road, I could see mama influencing us and instilling in us the work ethic, the work habits and the, the jobs that I've had. I didn't just come up where I am. Mm -hmm. It was almost like this step, that step, this step, that step. Right. And I was able to do the same thing with my children. And then I decided to, you know, again, if you look on Amazon, I'm so glad when I see those reviews that I was true to God because people are saying, Charles, you should have wrote that book 40 years ago. You're the reason my children are the way that they are now. But point being, just being obedient, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that wasn't easy for me mm -hmm. because I had a plan. I was going to sell millions of copies and they was going to make a movie out of my life. <laughs> that may still happen, Charles. That may still may happen. Exactly. And that's what I tell people all the time. It just wasn't for now. But if I look at the times that are going on right now, this book is so needed now. Amen. And, and I will say this. I don't, I know the governors, the presidents, the mayors, they can't say it, but a lot of this stuff starts at home and we have to really take responsibility. Yes. And yes. we have to be willing to use other people's ideas. Like you mentioned that association. And that's why this book was so important for me to get out. So I understand what God was doing, but I didn't at the time. Sure. No, I do. I, well, <laughs> I'm sure though, you can look at your life. I laugh only because I've had the same experience, but this is uh -huh. about you. Uh, but that um, I'm sure there are other experiences in your life that you thought you were, like you said earlier about your um, high school career and you were a sports guy and you got a scholarship, but so you strove to be good at sports, but yet that decision to go over there, meaning God has different plans. You said you were mama's boy, but there's other reasons. And it was meeting the guy from with the flower shop and the- uh, All set up. All <laughs> set up, right, exactly. So he has a plan. We, it's uh, That's the thing, get out of our own way, wow. you know? That and, is so true. You know? Wow, we, can you imagine what we could accomplish if we get out of our- own way. way, own way. Yes. You know, I just want to share um, about back to your insurance and your your story and your um, your movie. Uh -huh. I just today read an article from Inc. Magazine about Warren Buffett. Uh -huh. I knew none of this. Uh, that he in I was born in 1950. He uh -huh. uh, so this was in 1950. He wa he got out of college. He wanted to go to Harvard Graduate School. He did not get in. He did get into Columbia. So and that's not as I said, it's not chopped liver, but right. you know it's an Ivy League, but not as prestigious as Harvard. But right. God had a plan because he was now in New York City, not and in the financial capital. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When, yeah. And so when he was in school, one of his um, professors was the chairman, I believe. I, that might not be correct, but he was a big shot in Geico. 
Okay. And now this is in the early 50s. Right. And this, so this uh, different direction that, uh, and this article clearly stated that, and it was really about that different direction. Had he gone to Harvard, he might have ended up the same uh, direction, probably ish, ish. Right. But he would not have had that professor that led him into, he, he was one of the major stockholders of Geico. More wow. and but that also trained him in the uh, structure that um, Berkshire Hathaway is, you know. Wow. Okay. And so, such an interesting thing about our journeys. Wow. Yes. And you, you just have to take things as they come. But the sooner we can find out who's influencing us, yes, and that's our creator, and then we'll be able to. Uh, deal with whatever comes. I really believe that if we are grounded mm -hmm. with our creator, we're able to deal with things a whole lot better. Absolutely. Because we and, know there's hope. Uh, that's my foundational work, word, hope. Um, without hope, there is nothing. As Zig, uh, you know, says, uh, if there's hope in today, there's power. In, I mean, if there's, uh, what is it? Hope in tomorrow, there's power in today. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and that's Zig. And, um, and he says, if I have one thing to sell, one commodity to sell, it's hope. And, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, John Maxwell, his whole foundation of his career uh, is about leadership and influence. One of my favorite authors. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that is his foundation. Yes. Um, I mean, every book, I mean, he's written, you know, close to a hundred, but they're, uh, they all have th th that thread of it, Charles, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. They really do. Um, and so uh, when did this book come out? And it is on Amazon as you sh shared just a minute ago. Yes. It was released in February. Okay. Um, it's an ad hard copy and paperback, uh, obviously e-readers and it's at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, just right. all the different places, yes. Right. Or you that would probably be a, um, like you were talking about, you went for that class, you know, about to write a book. Um, just to publish it is is a big, big, arduous project. Yes, and just that, that just the idea of having something inside of you mm -hmm. that needs to come out yes. so that you can serve it to the world, right? Yes. And being obedient to God who knew what I had inside of me Amen. that would benefit the world. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing when I look back on it, right? Yeah. Yes. I compare it to if you're if you're an apple tree and you have apple seed, you know, you can grow up as a tree once you nourish the seed and the tree grows and you can have great leaves, you can have great branches, but until you bear fruit, mm -hmm. until the fruit is better and you can serve the world with that tasty apple, then you have achieved some amazing success because we are placed here, I believe, to make a difference in the world. Amen. And I want to encourage people, if you have a book inside of you, just birth it. Now, are you going to, and maybe you've already started this, but uh, with the the uh, structure uh -huh. um, of the book, the information, I could see it being a course. Yes. I could also see you speaking. Yes. So are you doing um, both of those? Yes, actually, uh, I'll be teaching a class where it be, you know, where there will be like 10 adults. I start, I think, May the 3rd is because of the book. Right. Yes. And then an outline because people want to do class studies and different things right. like that. Right. Well, yes. God is the genius. I'm not. I, I, I admit that. And so and what he has done with the book, mm -hmm. I mean. It has literally changed people's lives because the book will tell you how to respect children and how to build relationships with them. And then to know that 
if God give you a gift, you should treasure it and nourish it and those kind of things rather than and listen to it. There's so many good uh, parts in there that I see why God instructed me to write the book, because a lot of times we just don't know. Mm -hmm. And when we don't know, we are neglecting the child in that area. Yes. And then, and you know, you're not just raising a child, you're raising a generation. And I talk about that in the book. Yes. And so it's important that we become leaders at home. In other words, influencers at home to make a difference in the next generation and the next generation. Because if you just look at that child as the only somebody, but no, there'll be a grandchild. In the book, I talk about Donut Day. I started, God spoke very clearly to me and told me that he needed me to treat my daughter special like he treated me special. And I come up with, again, here we are with creativity again. And I learned that a long time ago back just listening, you having me to go through this journey. But I come up with some creative ways and we had a donut day, right? And every Thursday it was donut day. And guess what my daughters are doing with my grandchildren now? They have a donut donut day. They eat muffins, but it's a donut day, right? And I took them out dining with the birthday. They dressed up. But all of those things start with just trying to be creative and build a relationship with my children. I always taught them that I would never embarrass them in front of their friends. So it's teaching them how to respect that I respect them so that I can in turn receive respect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one one of my daughters, she said to me because I compared her to my her older sister, and I I didn't know I was doing it. It's easy to do when you have more than one child. It's you know, if, and if one child is always compliant, mm-hmm. then you want every child to be compliant with the rules of the house. And she confronted, and I told them they could always talk to me regardless of what it was about, as long as we did it in a respectful manner. And she approached me and she didn't like it. I always compared her to 10. I, I promised, I apologized first. I promised that I would never do it again. I never did. Mm-hmm. I had my daughters to write a letter to me. Each one of them is in the back of the book. It will make, every time I read it, I cry. Mm-hmm. Every, when people read it, they cry. And one of my daughters, she mentioned that. Dad made me a promise. And he, can you imagine someone, and she's 40 years old now, 39 years old, whatever, and and and, and still remember those things? That is simply amazing to me. Well, it shows how, how uh, we're sponges and we absorb. It's just like the marinating. But that uh, those were pivotal and very important pieces to their evolution. And they will someday being interviewed on XYZ, they will right. share those stories. Yes. And that's why, like you said, it's in, in your book. I can't write, wait to read your book, sir. Yes. I cannot wait to read this book. And I'm just sitting here thinking uh, about how I can help and promote you beyond this. It's just such an important topic. It is such an important uh, not just a topic, because topic is like what you're speaking, but but right. to, uh, tools to get into that because parents need tools today because they're right. in uncharted water, as we said earlier, just uh, uncharted water. Right. And even if they know the Lord, it's challenging because the world has changed and they're in uncharted water. Oh. So we need to um, help in every way. And I'm so, so honored and impressed that, you listened to the Lord and didn't write your book, (laughs) you know, on insurance and in your career, but you will. And he'll use that and is using that. And this time. Sure. Yes. And and the good thing about with what I learned in the insurance business about leadership. Yes. Oh my goodness. It was so fighter to what I was doing at home. And I use that same influence to try and make sure that, you know, and they use it on their children's now. It's just been, wow. Generational, generational, uh, just wonderful, Charles. Well, as we close, Mm -hmm. and I hate to have this close, but it's time to uh, close our our visit on Unique Leaders. But before we close, Charles, I ask my guest the same question, and it's predicated on the book, basically, 
uh, Three Feet from Gold. I don't know if you've ever read Three Feet from Gold, written by Sharon Lecter um, mm-hmm. from the Napoleon Hill Foundation, but also um, was the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And she's the co-author of Three Feet from Gold with Greg Reed. And it's mm-hmm. it's fiction, uh, and it's loosely based on Greg's life. But Sharon, um, in it, shares her success formula. And her success formula is your um, passion mm-hmm. plus talent mm-hmm. times association right. times action plus faith right. equals success. Now, I don't ask you all of those points because it would take too long, <laughs> but, but uh, you've shared um, um, nuggets of these. But Charles, what is your passion and what is your talent? Well, great. Well, first of all, I read the book. It's an awesome book. And I recommend it to my daughter. She called me and said, Dad, thank you. It's a great book. Um, my passion is working with children, just making a difference in their lives for the rest of their life. I've always said, you put me in front of one child, I'll make a difference in their lives for the rest of their lives, right? And that's, I'm so passionate about it, which means that I'm so excited about the direction God has me going now because I'm empowering parents so that they can inspire children, which is just a different way that he had for it, which is much better than the way that I was doing it. So it's because he's just that awesome. But my talent is I've always been able to uh, motivate and help people feel good about themselves. So I, I, that's just, you will not be around me and not feel good about yourself because it obviously would be, I don't feel good about myself. Yeah. I, you know, yes. Uh, and I, I, I've learned so much from, like you said, Zig and some of the others, but mm-hmm. I believe in helping take people, helping to take people to another level. And we're, we're not placed here just to, mm-hmm. uh, be, idle and do nothing. We're, we're here to make a difference and we're going somewhere. And if you're around me, uh, something is going to happen positively. That's just life. Well, you're a true inspiration to me and I can feel it across the airwaves here. And as I said, I can't wait to purchase your book and uh, read it, A, but B, communicate, continue to communicate with you, Charles, and uh, to explore how we can, um, you know, change the world, uh, you know, one brick at a time, one child mm-hmm. at a time, one wow. individual giving hope and possibility. So, yes. yes. Thank you so much, Charles, for being with me today. I truly, truly appreciate it. And we will be back in touch. And again, thank you. Be thank blessed. Thank you so much. Wow. What a blessing. I just, e- each week... I am so inspired. I'm so uh, not just impressed, but joyful that I'm able to bring people's stories to you. And it's not just a story, as I shared initially in the introduction, but also as Charles shared his journey, it's about the opportunity to see and glean their information of what they have done in their lives that brought them to the present moment. So I hope you have the opportunity to revisit this in the podcast that will be out next week. Um, It'll be live probably by Tuesday. This is on. It'll live forever on all the podcast platforms, but also on YouTube. So go visit that. But again, share this out uh, with your friends and family, but all of your, you know, friends on Facebook. And then it's also on uh, Instagram. And so it's just there for you to share. But listen again, because this man is a true treasure. He has a story of hope and infinite possibilities. He's just an over-the-horizon thinker, and it's never too early or too late. So go to my website, megandemartino.com. His uh, Charles uh, Smith story will be there on Unique Leaders. My blog will have a, a connection to it as well. But then 
put your information in and you will receive a PDF uh, ebook of the Hope and Possibilities. Yes, it's available on Amazon, but I truly want you to have an opportunity to read it. So I put it at no charge for you on my website, megandimartino.com, and you can download it and just read it at your leisure. So we'll see you next Friday on the next Unique Leaders Live for an amazing guest who will share their story. Everyone is different. Everyone is unique. We're all snowflakes, and we have truly unique stories that will bring hope and possibilities to you. Next Wednesday, I'll be back with Megan DiMartino Live, Hope and Possibilities. And then from there, we will continue on. Have a blessed weekend, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandimartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities, Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.